Hello and welcome to Dumestes de Hahar. Which is Swedish for you need to see this. Uh, we're a weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Cozy Orlin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luce Tomlinbrenner. Yes, oh, nailing that accent. Thank we're you. comedians, writers, filmmakers, and diehard DIY let's make a zine get in the pit punk fans. Hell yeah. Every- Yes. Fuck every episode. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> every episode, one of us tries to convince the other and the audience that they need to see a specific film. And we do it all with no spoilers whatsoever. Mm-mm. You can listen to this podcast before you watch the movie. Which is a cool thing to do, and you should all do that. Oh, yes. so exciting. Oh, now, before we get to the show, before we get to the movie that we're talking about today, we have a fun segment that we do every so often when a thing happens, and that segment is called We Saw It. Oh, my God. Rarely do we use this segment, and we should do it more often. because It's true. We're... So, Cozy, uh, you convinced me to watch History of the World Part 1. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so exciting. And I'm so curious what you're Yes. Uh, I thought it was funny. Yes, I enjoyed it. It did not work for me as a movie. (laughs) That's very fair. It's very much like a vignette sketchy thing. Yes, that was like it really worked. So for me, because it is kind of vignette, some parts I thought were really funny. And then other parts I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah, it was accurate. Because like, like the opening, uh, it opens with the cavemen, you know, beginning of time. It goes through time, which I really like a lot. I love the premise. I think it's very yeah. funny. And they, they pull characters around like there's some almost like a time travel comedic aspect of it, which is very funny. Yeah, that um, looseness. Yes. Um, so I like I didn't like the opening caveman stuff. I didn't think was that funny. But then I loved the Roman Empire. I thought all the Roman Empire jokes were really funny. Yeah, um, that was a strong suit. That no was question. So strong. I love like there's this at this part where they go through the um, where they're kind of introducing you to the world and you're going through the town square and it's all these people like modern day car salesmen. But like, <laughs> what would it be like if you know, it's Greek time. So they're like selling used carriages and it's a lot of um, mapping, which is oh, like yeah. a fun improv technique. And I thought they, I thought they did that really well. And if you were watching an improv scene, it would be a very funny improv scene too. <laughs> um, so I really like that. I thought the Inquisition song was very funny. So fun, right? It's such a fun sequence. Yeah. Mel Brooks is so good at songs. Like, <laughs> He just, I think watching this really convinced me that his strongest suit is comedic songs because the producers is so, so funny. Like I think start to finish, but like one of the strongest aspects of it's the musical part of it. I think this is maybe one of the only songs I've heard from him. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, um, uh, we got to do the producers. I have to do it another time because you, I think you'll really like it a lot. Um, so, so yeah, I loved his, I love this song. Um, the French revolutiony stuff didn't really work as much for me, but I did think it was funny when Gregory Hines came from the Roman empire with the chariot <laughs> to, uh, save Mel Brooks's characters from the guillotine. I thought that was That's so funny. wonderful. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, so I loved Gregory Hines. You were right. I think that was, I think he was one of your reasons to watch yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that was such a great choice because he is, he and Mel Brooks, who's, you know, 
the also the lead. They're just <laughs> so so funny. Um, and then Matt yeah, they Will- do such a great job together. Yes, yeah, exactly. It really made me be like, why was Gregory Hines in a bunch of comedies in like the eighties? Like he should be in more movies. Yeah, I don't really know much about his career. He he was hysterical. So. So yeah, it just felt uneven to me as like a movie. I wanted oh, absolutely. I think I wanted more connectivity, but then that's not what it was. So it's like <laughs> it's interesting because I felt like it was very much of the time. Where I was like, yeah, oh, a hundred percent. I think if I would have seen this at a younger age or when it was new, it would have it would have been fresher. But because I'm like so many of the jokes, they reminded me of like Looney Tunes type jokes, you know. <laughs> Where I was just yeah. like, these are great. These are very funny. But now at like in my 30s, I've heard these jokes so many times. It oh, made God, me of wish, course. Yeah, it made me wish I had seen it when I was younger. Because I was. I think it's yeah. like a good movie for kids. What's your Madeline Kahn uh, feeling on it? Was she the um, like the empress? The one who was uh, like, uh, like, quick, my tits are falling off. Or Yes. She was hilarious. I oh, I'm so glad. Loved her. I loved her makeup. <laughs> I loved her costumes. I wanted to be her. Oh, I'm so happy about yeah. that. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. That was like my main reason why you should see it on that one. She was hysterical. I thought all of her dialogue was very funny. Yeah, so your that reasoning was also so. Actually, I think all the reasons you gave for why people need to see it were spot on. Oh, good. Yeah, and I think that it's definitely worthwhile, especially if you're a Mel Brooks fan or a comedy fan, somebody who's interested in, like, the history of comedy. I know we talked about that a lot on that episode, but watching it, I was just like, wow, this really feels like such a moment in time in comedy, (laughs) and, like, it's such a big part of what made Mel Brooks such a huge comedic voice um, that I really appreciated it for that purpose also. Um, I think I wanted it to be funnier, but I'm not <laughs> mad that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Sense. It absolutely does. And when I was rewatching it, I definitely felt that way too. Or I was like, okay, these things aged the way I thought they would. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, that I think you'll be impressed with the producers though, because it is almost, it's pretty timeless. Like, there's not a lot of jokes in it that feel off-color or dated. That's great. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that another time. But, yes, I'm I'm really happy I saw that. And it just made me want to go back and watch the other uh, Mel Brooks films I haven't seen. Now that, my, now that Isaac has convinced me to watch some Star Wars movies, <laughs> I, can, I can finally watch Spaceballs. I've also never watched Spaceballs for that reason. <laughs> same, same, same. That's so fun. Let me know how you feel about it uh, uh, as a person who has done it the same way I have. That's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm so curious how Spaceballs is. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll. I think that's also going to feel a little dated too because of the time. But we'll see. It might. Who knows? Um, I think Young Frankenstein is still really funny. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I I love Dracula Dead and Loving It, but I haven't seen it in years. So I need to rewatch it. But when I was a kid, that was, to me, the funniest movie that's ever been made. I love it. That's how I felt about Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes, I need to rewatch that one, too. Yeah, I I definitely... This really reminded me why I love Mel Brooks. Um, Mm. And it made me want to, like, go back and do, like, a big Mel Brooks marathon. So I thank you for that as well. 
Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for this main main event? Yeah. What's the main course today? Great. Perfect. Uh, I'll let you know. I'm really excited about this episode um, <laughs> uh, because the way uh, for those uh, listening, the way this show works is that we both have our own list of movies that we think people really need to see. And we need to check our lists against each other. So if we've both seen the movie, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's so, a lot of movies we both love, but we can't do it unless a guest wants to come on and hear us badger them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the only option. So when I thought of this movie for my list, I was like, there's no chance that it's going to work out. Like, Luce has to have seen this movie. And I was so like shocked and excited when you said you hadn't seen it. Not only have I not seen it until you brought it up a few months ago, I had never even heard of it. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Uh, so today's movie is uh, is 2013's fucking awesome Swedish punk rock coming of age movie, We Are the Best, uh, with an exclamation point, which is even like the name of our podcast. Yes. I love when an exclamation point is a part of a title. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. And it fits so well for this one. Which is funny because other uh, punk film, SLC Punk, has an exclamation point in it. Oh, I didn't know that. I still haven't seen it. Oh, okay. (laughs) That might be the next one I do because I feel like it's going to be very similar to this one. But um, (laughs) that's amazing. And are exclamation points punk? Um, I would say that in a lot of ways they are. But then when you overuse them, they become not anymore. Interesting. Just like anything in punk, you can't overdo it. There it is. But yeah, exclamation points, they're direct, they're immediate, they're aggressive, they, they have action to them. I like it. Yeah, um, same, same. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it. I I don't know how I don't know why this wasn't on my radar. I feel like I'm you know have a history of being punk. <laughs> <laughs> a long and storied history. Uh, yeah, like I was uh, very much into punk in high school and in college, and I still uh, love a lot of punk music, old and new. And what was your introduction to punk? You know, what's funny is just like not knowing that it was like hearing the Ramones on the radio and like I really loved I Want to Be Sedated and that was on like the local alternative station, 107.9 The End, Cleveland's new (laughs) alternative. Um, So I really, I loved that. And then I ended up getting a Ramones CD from the library when I was like 11 or 12. And I was just just very into the Ramones, still didn't know anything about punk at all and then i got really into the money money boss tones when, <laughs> i love it do you remember their single the impression that i get oh 100 you know it was like such a forerunner in ska it was such yeah. like a visible third wave i think ska thing yeah definitely that and real big fish turn the radio off like those songs were on that radio station and green day <laughs> i guess green day was probably the first one because that came out when i was in fifth grade dookie oh sure and they were like all over mtv and all that like yeah. basket case was everywhere yeah, exactly. So all of those pretty much contributed. And then as like my musical taste, and then in, it was like in high school when I met kids who like looked punk and <laughs> who skateboarded. And I love, I was obsessed with skateboarding. I thought it was so cool and I was not good at it. I'm still not good at it, but I still think skateboarding is like the coolest thing. And people who are good at it, I think are really impressive. But, Same. I, I've always wanted, like, my goal in life has always been to be four kids on skateboards. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Those I are think, my role model. <laughs> I just have, like, six or seven skateboards. Like, our house is filled with skateboards. And I oh, that's the best. I know. I need to just do it, but I'm terrified. LA is so busy. I'm afraid I'm going to get hit by a car and then concussed. 
Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, that's pretty punk, so don't do that. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, these friends that I met in high school ended up getting me into other music and then the Punkarama CDs. Did you ever get those from like... I never got those, but I definitely listened to all those comps. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had... So I like started getting the Punkarama CDs in high school and then that introduced me to the other bands because they're compilations and then it went from there. Oh, and, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, it feels like it's a big, and then I, you know, toured, I was a tour manager for a while and toured with bands. So I'm, it's in me now, <laughs> a big part of my life. So I feel like I try to see, there's not that many movies about punks. There's like suburb, yeah. suburbia, suburb. Did you see that one? Uh, yeah, I did. The one with uh, Steve Zahn, right? Yeah. I think, wait, uh, but is that the punk one though? It doesn't feel like that was the punk one. It feels like that was very slackery, though, on some level, mm. but I don't remember much music in it. I might be wrong on that. Uh, okay. I think I think that's a di- – no, it's just a different one. 1983, Suburbia. Oh, yeah, very different. Uh, is about um, punks in the 80s. Ooh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of punk cinema. That's um, a big gap for me. Yeah, well, there's. I don't feel like there's a lot of it, so I'm excited to to hear about to hear about this film. Oh, perfect! Absolutely, I feel like on some level you'll definitely relate to uh, to some of the people in this movie. It's very, you know, it, it's very much like it's about 13 year old punks, and it's great. And uh, l- let me let me start at the beginning. Um, yeah. I've got a lot of stuff to say about this one. I'm real excited about it. Please. Uh, um, when did you when you know, when did it first strike you? Did you see it when it came out? Yeah, I saw this one when it came out. The The trailer for it made me really excited to see it um, because it like, uh, and this was pretty much the synopsis of it for me. It was just uh, in 1982 Stockholm, three 13-year-old girls start a punk band. Like that's literally all I needed to hear when I saw the trailer. And I was uh, like, I'm going to see this. I have to see it. Yeah, that sounds incredible. It's just so it's just so perfect on that level alone, and then you see it, and then there's more interesting depth to it, and things like that too. Mm. Um, yeah, and when I when I rewatched it, uh, it was so nice to be brought back to it all. And I, you know, I watched a bunch of uh, interviews and things like that, and just kind of got in depth with it. So hopefully that comes across in this episode. <laughs> Great, yeah, no, I'm excited to hear all about it. Oh, and I'm excited to attempt to pronounce Swedish names. Uh, <laughs> uh, this movie was written and directed by Lucas Moodyson, who is also a poet, a novelist, a short story writer, and an outspoken left-wing feminist. Oh, hell yeah. Always good things to have under the belt. Yeah. Uh, he's directed movies like Fucking Them All, also called Show Me Love, uh, Mammoth, and Lilia Forever, and the HBO series Gosta, all of which I had not heard about before this. Interesting. Yeah, Mammoth sounds Mammoth sounds familiar, but I can't place it. I think, I think it's Bernal is in that, and uh, and Michelle Williams. Oh, maybe? okay. Like yeah, so I have seen that one. Oh, okay. That came out like ten years ago. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. I love. I used to have such a crush on Gail Garcia Bernal. I. I mean, I guess I still do, but I don't think <laughs> as much as I did in my twenties. Um, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I feel not, like I don't hear his name as often as I used to either. So yeah, I get that. it's like he's not. I think maybe that's it. Like I just he's not in as many things. But there was like a moment where he was just like in the late aughts. He was in everything, being so sexy. 
<laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. That's what I've heard. I don't he, think I saw any of the stuff from him. You know what it is? He was in that television show, Mar- Mozart in the Jungle. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that was on for like four years. And that's, I feel like, what he was doing. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Some people just kind of disappear into those TV shows, right? Yeah. And then you think they're not doing anything. And they're like, fuck you. I'm getting an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's such a it's a, a positive surprise every time. You're like, oh, you were doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm wrong. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So you've seen one thing from this guy. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, he's also done a couple other things. Apparently, he's he's very, like, experimental and weird. And a lot of his stuff is kind of, like, dark and fucked up. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of it's kind of uh, on the brighter side. This one's a lot on the brighter side. Nice. Uh, along with the current, like the 2019 HBO series that he's doing, um, which is just about like a really nice person who sort of gets taken advantage of by everybody in his life by being Aww. so nice. And I was like, oh, that's like a, a like a worse version of me where I'm like, I'm nice, but I don't get taken advantage of very often. Right. Like people could try, but then you're going to cut them. Yeah, exactly. With my knife. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about Cozy. He always has a knife. Every time. It's great. And um, his catchphrase kind of... is, don't get cozy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I so prefer that or you're going to get got, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's better than all of the ones I've heard so far. I like that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, it's so funny. It very slightly reminds me. Um, I was uh, play- I was doing a game night with some friends recently, and I was playing a game called Sabotage, where one person or multiple people have to be like the saboteur. They have to be the bad guy. Oh. And I'm always and I'm always so like uncomfortable doing that yeah. because I hate like lying, and it feels uncomfortable to do. So. Usually in those games, I am never picked, but this time I was, and I was so honest the whole time, and they were like, I wonder if it's him, and then by the end, I won anyway. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was shocked, because I was so honest the whole time. <laughs> wow. I was like, what am I doing right now? You, like, somehow gamed the system. I did. It felt it felt like it felt like uh, like holding to my morals. Morals somehow put me out on top. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I can't rely on that. But cool. (laughs) No, it feels like a lesson in a book. Like, always be honest. Oh, yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it looks like I watched the trailer and it looked like a pretty good series. So I'm considering getting HBO Nordic. No, I'll never do that. (laughs) Wait, they have their own. I guess that makes sense. I guess so. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Hmm, um, so yeah, this movie uh, is actually an adaptation of uh, of Lucas Moodyson's wife's uh, graphic novel memoir, oh. which is called Never Good Nights. That's so cool. Wait, so memoir. So like, this is her life. Uh, this is a part of her life. She's done a bunch of graphic novels that are all um, sort of memoiry things, oh. and this is and this yeah, this one's her life, which is very cool. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, she also wrote a graphic novel called I'm Your Hell Into Death, which is about a group of fans of The Cure waiting outside a venue to meet Robert Smith. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love Robert Smith and The Cure. Oh, you should read it. Yeah, after after doing the research on this, I was like, I think his wife is awesome. I never knew any of this, and she sounds like the best person. Yeah, seriously, I love that they made this together, too. Talk about the dream. Here's the crazy thing. They actually didn't make it together. What? Like that is crazy. He did, yeah, he did an adaptation of of the graphic novel, and I was watching an interview, and they're like, "Oh, did you did you work with her on this? How much feedback did she have?" 
And he's like, ah, not really any, because I kind of ignore every all my source material and stories, and I kind of disrespect it. So, <laughs> and I was like, wow. wow. And then he talked further, and he's like, yeah, I even do that when I'm uh, like directing my own stuff I write. I never look at the script, and I kind of disrespect my own scripts, too. <laughs> That's and I was like, yes. okay, that's a little better. <laughs> wow, I don't think I could. If you were gonna adapt my work, I I don't think I could handle that. Like, I wouldn't be chill. Yeah, that sounds incredibly difficult. Uh, he said that she likes it a lot, like the actual movie. And I was like, good, okay. I'm glad she's a fan of how it came out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess if I mean, he's already like a prolific filmmaker. So that makes sense. Like, yeah, know, and she had been doing all these graphic novels and things like that, but no, no, like forays into film. Yeah, well, that's good that they have a nice working relationship. That sounds difficult. <laughs> yeah, it seemed very difficult. I was very surprised that they didn't collaborate on it more. Um, but it's it sounds like it sounds like he did it to sort of preserve. Um, uh, yeah, he he was saying he doesn't really care about storytelling, but he really cares more about like emotions and feelings behind it. Interesting. So, yeah. So as a result of that, he kind of preserved the feeling of it very well, while uh, sort of not including everything that's in it and keeping some stuff that kind of was the main thrust of it. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Have it's you interesting. read? Have you read the graphic novel? No, I never heard about it since, uh, before last night. <laughs> Oh, wow. So like even it wasn't until you were doing research for the episode. Yeah, exactly. It was such a surprise that it was based on anything. Fascinating. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I was very surprised. We need to do like a little book club for all of the movies that are based on um, like the all the we need to do a book club for the books that are based on the movies that we talk about because I've been wanting to read uh, Coming by Your Name. <laughs> Since we talked yeah. about it last month on our episode, and I feel like it would be funny. We have like a future uh, segment called We Read It. Yes, I'm so on board for that. That's a great idea. Because um, especially oh novels are so fun and easy to get into. Yeah, I love graphic novels. It's so it's so cool to hear that this was based on one. <laughs> oh, awesome. Cool. Well, I'm I'm even more excited now. Awesome. Uh, this movie stars uh, Mira Barkhammer, which is a fucking awesome name, yeah, as Bobo. <laughs> so it's already so punk. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's a powerful name. Uh, she's a, she's Bobo, who is the main character, and in the graphic novel, it's Coco, because the wife's name is Coco. So yeah, there you go. And, ah, I see, I see. Uh, and it stars uh, Mira Grossin as Clara, or Clara, I'm not sure, and Liv Lemoyne as Hedvig, who is Matilda in the graphic novel. Uh, Coco, uh, Coco's full name is Hedvig Agnes Elizabeth Coco Moodyson, so that Hedvig name must have come from hers also. Wow. Hedvig <laughs> is such a large name for a human. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's so... I it's so hard for me now with, like, Harry Potter brain to think of anything <laughs> other than, like, an owl. <laughs> Oh, I did not know that that was an owl's name. I oh. only thought of it as the Angry Inch name. Yes, of course. Also that. Wait, that's more culturally. Uh, that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what so I meant to That really important <laughs> movie that I also do like. But oh, I've never no. seen it. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Oh, 
All right, it's on, it's been on my list for a very long time, yeah. Oh, it's very, very good. You would like it. Also, pretty punk. Yeah, and like especially because the person who originally made the uh, the stage musical, right? Um, mm-hmm. I I think so. I think it was that person, or maybe the person who did the movie. I don't know. One of them worked with uh, uh, Say Anything on their uh, first like official album, which is my favorite record of all time. What? I didn't know that. It's so exciting. That's why it has that sort of like flair of uh, of sort of performativeness to it. I think that makes sense. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big Say Anything fan. Oh, uh, or I was. I was uh, during that time. I'll say that. Yes, I can appreciate <laughs> that. That's how I feel about Saves the Day. Oh, sure, of course. Big I, Saves every- the Day fan from like 2000 to like 2005, 2006. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like it's it's sort of like they change and we change, and the sound changes and everything. Yeah, and then you hear things about people, and you're like, oh, they don't seem so great. <laughs> oh, that too, a hundred percent. Good lord. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's so, that's why it's so interesting to see bands that like stay around for such a long time. Like Jimmy Eat World is still putting out records and all that, and it's like I'm sure they sound insanely different. And yeah, I can't actually just, imagine because yeah. Saves the Day is definitely putting out records, and I would I'm just like, nope, this is not for me anymore. <laughs> but maybe teenagers are still are listening to it. Today's teen. Who knows? <laughs> it's such a different. It's such a different sound that I imagine. I don't know. I feel like I feel like teenagers a lot of the times are getting into their own like that era thing rather than the new version of what we used to love or they're, they're getting to the new version of what we used to love rather than the same band in their new iteration ah yeah that's a good point yeah i feel like current jimmy Eat world fans are mostly just old jimmy Eat world fans <laughs> 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 who have been like i'm okay with whatever evolution they went through that's true i don't know what like the hot like punk music for teenagers is i'll talk uh there's there's a lot of really great stuff out there i have been keeping up and that's actually going to be my recommendation later oh awesome (laughs) well um i don't want to jump the gun yeah i'll get into it later absolutely um okay so uh so we've done the synopsis and uh we've heard how you haven't seen it we've we've basically heard your first impressions on do you have any other first impressions i i just love um the idea that it's uh young girls and punk rock and then it was based on the graphic novel and that it was written by his wife and i like mammoth so i'm my first impressions are highly highly positive oh perfect so then all i gotta do is not ruin that (laughs) yeah just try not to be like well the first thing they do is sacrifice kittens (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Oh, no spoilers. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. That'd be so terrifying. Yeah, I think you um, never talked about that part. And then I went and watched it and I was like, cozy. There was the a surprise. death at the end. And you're like, but it was the ending. And I didn't want to give it away. Yeah, I'm like, no, that's like, that's the part that we can't give away. It's such, it's meant to be really big and like really have an impact. Mm-hmm. That would be <laughs> how it's terrible. like trying to do gummo oh god i've never seen it but i've heard so many stories you don't need to see this (laughs) (laughs) unless like you're with a group of friends when you're a teenager and one of those people is the people that's like oh yeah hey you guys should watch this like we want to see something fucked up you know like that (laughs) friend in a group that's when you see gummo otherwise not important i wouldn't right and it's like now now they can just go to the internet for that yeah, 
I guess I would rather you watch Gummo than just go on a deep dive of like a dark corner of YouTube, though. Yeah, that's a good call. Absolutely. I'm sure it's got different different feelings and connotations at that point. Oh, yeah, totally. And now I have to put Gummo in our show notes because we talked about it for so long. <laughs> oh, I get it. You got to do what you got to do. Let's make sure we put kitten killing in there, too. <laughs> I feel like that's, uh, that's pretty synonymous with Gummo, unfortunately. Oh, no. Uh, that's okay. We've already covered kitten killing with Shape of Water. <laughs> oh, that's right. Wow. And Dog Tooth. We really talked about this a lot. For someone who oh. loves cats so very much, uh, you wouldn't yeah. think I would bring it up as often as I have. Uh, same. It's it's the things that scare us the most that we bring it that, that attract us the most on some level. I'm sure. Yes, exactly. Our innermost fears. There it is. Oh, um, all right. So let's get into some reasons. I got yeah, five of them. I want to hear I all five. Perfect. They are much more dense than my usual reasons because I had to. I tried to pack a lot into them. <laughs> No, that's good. I love a dense reason. You know me. I get oh. I get so dense that I forget what I'm talking about and I just start <laughs> living in my memory of the movie and then I'm like, wait, what? Huh? Am I talking? <laughs> It's true. When I was writing the show notes, I was like, oh, I'm going, I'm getting into her style a little bit on this one. I love it. Thank you. Uh, very flattering. Oh, yes. I love it. It's it's important. It's It means that there's more, uh, there's more, what's the word? Not density, but yeah, there's more, um, depth? there's more meat in all of them. Yeah, there's depth. Mm, meat, kitten meat. There's more uh, delicious kitten meat in my story, in my reasons. All right, well, let's get oh, into God. that. Sweet meat. Perfect. So oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay, so first reason. Uh, the first reason is that this movie, uh, We Are the Best, is 100% focused on female friendship at age 13 and everything that comes with it. Oh, I love that so much. It's so great. There, there are a lot of things that happen in the movie that it could have focused on instead mm -hmm. that it didn't focus on in favor of female friendship. Oh, and wow. Like, just That's that female like, relationship. Mm. I love that. Yeah. They're still so rare. There's still not enough of that in film, especially like that age, I think is really interesting. And it's like really, it's an age where you really need friends. Oh, God, absolutely. And there's so much fragility attached yes. to it. Mm-hmm. And you can really see it in this. <laughs> cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, my second reason is that the actor, the actresses all do a really great job with their unique characters. Mm. Uh, Bobo's the main character, and she's she's quiet. She's frustrated. And she's sort of rule followy, but not too much. She's kind of like this nice middle situation, but she's the one who gets the most focus, too. Mm, okay. And Clara is uh, shorter uh, than she is and she's like louder and she's angrier she's uh, very dominating she's she has like this high status in the relationship between the two of them mm -hmm. and you can really sort of see that and how it plays out and how it affects them in interesting ways and she's the one who's more kind of vocally punk even though uh, uh -huh. she's like she's sort of more politically active in certain ways wow and they're all 13 yes uh, I believe I believe Hedvig uh, is slightly older than them, probably by like one grade. Right. Um, and yeah, and like Bobo is more like the type of punk who sort of sort of disappears into her headphones and is like just dealing with her feelings and stuff like that. And she kind of suppresses it. And you see that frustration come out in certain ways. It's very interesting. Huh. I love it. And uh, yeah. Oh, perfect. And Hedvig is slightly older and she's this quiet, like Christian loner. 
uh, who's really great at playing guitar. And so they have like this feeling of being like, if she's a Christian, I don't know if we can deal, if we can hang with this. <laughs> she, she likes religion and all this stuff. Mm, relatable. Yeah. And the dynamic between them is like just super compelling. I love that. How do they meet? Uh, well, I don't know how the first two meet. Uh, the first two are, uh, are two, they're already friends by the time it starts. Uh, so like and lifelong sort of friends seems like. Yeah, I believe so. Like they already kind of know each other's families and things like that. They're going over for sleepovers and studying mm. and to like listen to punk together and stuff. And uh, and they they meet Hedvig during the course of the movie after they've uh, already like started a band because they're like looking for someone who can actually play an instrument. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> so like the hard part of putting a band together. It's it's amazing watching them put the ba- put the band together is so fucking great because it has almost nothing to do with music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. They're, it's like a lot of aesthetics and like vibing. Yeah, like they will honestly it's that but really they do it to piss off a bunch of boys. Ah, <laughs> oh, even better. I love it's that. It's amazing. It's so fucking great. There there's a lot of like punk themes in this which is my third reason. You know, it's very much like you know, fuck the popular kids, like fuck authority, fuck religion, fuck capitalism, all this teen angst and like yes. nerding out over bands. All that stuff is there. And that's like essential for a punk movie. Mm, that's so perfect. Especially again, at the age of 13, it's, I don't, I was like very aware of structures, but I didn't yet know I could say fuck it. Like Ooh. I just felt left out until I was like in ninth, ninth, 10th grade. That's when I really was like, that's when I was like fully radicalized where I was just like, <laughs> Oh, all of this is bullshit. And like was able to be vocal. If I kind of found my voice around it, but like, I wish I would have been that empowered at 13. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I, I think that the style of punk that they were into back in like seventies and eighties really feeds into that stuff too. You know, it's very much like fuck the power structures. Yeah. Wait, is this, I'm sorry. Does this take place in the past? This is uh, 1982 uh, in in uh, in uh, Stockholm. Okay, 90, sorry, I forgot the 82 detail. That makes no. Sense. That's totally fair. There's a lot of there was a lot of info being thrown at you at the top, and that one got buried. <laughs> yeah, it would have been so cool to be a teenager. I mean, it'd be hard because um, things were so much worse for women at that time. Oh God, yeah. Punk was a lot more uh, interesting. Although, I don't know. I would have loved to have been like a kid, like a like a teenager, and like when Riot Girl was happening. Oh God. Yeah, of course. I was like seven or eight. So like I, I got into it, but not until I wish I would have had that, you know, sooner. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, I think that's that curse that we always get with art where we're like, mm-hmm. we wish we'd gotten into this and learned about it sooner. Mm. Well, especially and you we, and I, cause we're only children, you know, yeah. I'm sure, we, you know, the, everybody has an older sibling that like got them into something and those that's in the movie. Ah, oh, really? <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, the older brother is like, like used to be the older brother used to be in like punk bands. And that's how the 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 one of the girls gets into it. That's how Clara gets into it. And now he's like into all this other stuff because he's like, punk is dead. And everyone's saying post punk is a thing and punk is dead. And so they're also kind of fighting against that on some level. Oh, interesting. Yeah, 1982 in Sweden. Punk was dead, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like people were saying punk is dead, like, all through the 80s, which is wild to me since, like, that's when hardcore was really thriving. 
Right. And like it never it never stopped being a thing and it never stopped being quote unquote dead. Like even now, everybody is like punk is dead. Good music is dead. I'm like, no, 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 no. Look around. There is this and that and every other thing. Yeah. Like your ability to find good music is dead. Like exactly. No one even tries anymore. It's so sad. Yeah. There's like an aspect to getting older and like not being as focused on searching for new music that like people have to acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. They're unaware of it. And then when they're aware of it, it's this defeatist attitude where they're just kind of done yeah it's weird like if i don't know about it then it doesn't exist which is not a good perspective yeah especially since it's so much throwback stuff like there's something for everybody now yeah no i totally agree we have more access to music than ever before yeah and people are so excited to like pay homage to like uh the old stuff yeah totally and you can make it easier you know, like, I feel like just like films, everybody can make music and make films a lot easier than like 20 years ago. Oh, good call. Yeah. The access to the instruments and the ability and learning and all that stuff is there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow. I mean, there's only every time period has great art. It's just not every time period has a movement. And so, mm-hmm. like, the initial movement of punk is over. But like, yeah, like, the, it's just changed genre, a lot. Yeah, but like as a genre, it's still very much thriving. Yeah, and there's always something to fight against, you know, whether, yeah, like when I got into punk, the thing to fight against for me was rejection and feeling like a lonely boy, you know, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like feeling sad, uh, like feeling sad about heartbreak. And so because of that, like the gateway for me, rather than like Ramones for you, was like MXPX and like Blink-182 and Green Day and just all that pop punk stuff Mm -hmm. that was just like, Poor me, I'm a lonely boy and I have no like autonomy in my in, in that sort of situation. Which a lot of it has aged so poorly, which is really sad because it's so blamey and bullshitty. I know it's crazy listening to like um Enema of the State now where you're just like, wow, these every lyric is so offensive. And not in the way that like yeah. not in just the way that not in their place. Not in the way they wanted it to be. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. And I'm like, it's not offensive in the way that like a surface level read of it is like, because you said sodomy, like that's not the offensive part. It's right. Like, exactly. It's just like the lyrics about like owning women. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's so much like, it's so much like a uh, hurt boy lashing out over things that they shouldn't be lashing out on. Cause they don't have any concept of the other human being. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, lonely boy music is like a very, funny subgenre of punk. God, there's so much there. It's such an unfortunate it's such an unfortunate um like version of uh, it's such an unfortunate expression of of that kind of hurt. Yeah, like a real hurt. <laughs> yeah. That uh is so much relying on the other person being at fault. Right. Oh, yeah, there's like no understanding of auto- of another human being's autonomy at all. And there's no... Yeah, yeah like... I, I feel bad for people with that understanding. Yeah, and it's hard because um, you're learning that as a kid. So it's not that kids should know that, but it's like something right. that like should be taught by adults. And there's so many adults that don't know it. That it oh, that's the worst part. Absolutely. Yeah. Puts people in like these difficult positions. It's so funny because it's like... You know, when Enema of the State came out, we were 14, 15, but like they were in their early 20s. And it's very funny to think about relating to people in their 20s as a child, because like, think about that, like that's problematic. Like, like we shouldn't be experiencing the same emotions. 
Yeah, and the fact that they were says so much about what they didn't ever learn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, of course, there's themes. Themes of loneliness are universal, and yeah. heartbreak are universal. Mm. But there's fans, you know, that are able to do that without being, um, you know, saying I need a girl that I can train. Right, exactly, and just like calling everybody bitches and all that bullshit like that. It's just so. It's just so unfortunate. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Well. I'm glad that um, this is a movie where girls get to have autonomy and girls get to lash out because I've always thought that it's very strange that men got to take over punk and white people got to take over punk when like marginalized voices have so much more to be angry about. That's such a good call. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it says so much that they're the ones who ended up being able to have voices. Yeah. And in that situation. platform. And it's just so interesting that it's like, you're railing against things, but you still have more privilege than everyone else in the punk community. Right. And I'm sure so much of it is related to being like, Oh, you come from like a, like a middle or upper class, like white background where of course yes. you can afford CDs. So we're going to like, so the people who are going to be uh, sort of supported by that machine are the ones who can support, who can support that the CD buying. Right. Yes, exactly. Who are like, can pull up next to the Best Buy. Right. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I'm and a real punk. My... I stole CDs from Sam Goody. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, doing that work. <laughs> and now they're out of business. I did that for you, America. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Long live um, independent businesses. Important, so fucking important, and just all independent revenue streams in general. That's why I'm always so much like Bandcamp. Yeah, let's talk about, you know, uh, digital um, distribution and all that stuff. Yeah, buying them uh, music from the artists directly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, as an awkward transition, I can say they didn't have those in the 70s and 80s. There was no di digital distribution. No, so sad. Well, so sad. And teenagers probably, do they go to any shows in this movie? I feel like it'd be so hard to go to a show at 13. They didn't go to any shows at all during it, but they do look at zines during it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that. it's great. And like the best part is these are like very, very local zines. So they can literally look up like look up the names of people in the bands and call them on their phones. Uh -huh. Oh my god. It's that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so fun. Just like watching all the 13-year-old punks like playing all their songs is adorable. And just like the kids from the zines are all 13 too. So mm. It's just great to see these like uh, these old school like eighties and seventies punks who are little kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. It puts a good feeling in your stomach. It's really nice. Mm, I already and, have a good feeling. Just oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> and you get to watch the actresses like play their own, play the songs, and they all have writing and performance credits on the songs, <gasps> which is fucking awesome. What? That's so cool. They got to write the songs. They did. I, I looked it up to try and find more info on it past just seeing their names and the uh, soundtrack credits, but I could and I couldn't find any info. But they all have the writing credits in there on a lot of those songs. So I'm like, okay, they must have been involved in that or soul writing credits on some of them. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's so cool. And so like the soundtrack is those songs and 70s and 80s sweetest punk music. <laughs> Wow, that's so cool. Have you ever seen the documentary Girls Rock? Uh, no, but that sounds familiar. Oh, highly recommend it. Um, it is about um, basically like rock camp and like Girls Rock is this like um, nonprofit 
like rock camp for girls from the ages of like six or seven through teenagers where they can learn mm -hmm. how to play instruments and then they're all counseled by like the camp counselors are all like really talented female musicians and i feel like i have a friend in that yeah i have there, there's so they have girls rock started off as like a thing that happened in one place and i don't know if it was portland or seattle but now they have girls rock camps like everywhere in like all the cities so like i participated in it in dc i had i had I had a lot of friends that participated as counselors who were musicians. Oh, nice. I would always go to their show. So at the end of camp, the girls put together a band and they write a song and you go to see the girls rock concert and you see like 10 to 15 like rock bands all populated by little girls playing songs that they like wrote and play themselves. That's the best. I love it. That it, sounds so fucking awesome. It is so cool. It's the times where I went and saw those concerts were like some of my favorite times. It's like very, it's weird to say it's empowering as an adult, but like uh -huh. watching a bunch of young girls like just scream and like get their emotions out with music. It was very empowering. I was just like, oh my God, these girls are going to have a better life than I did oh. just because they got to do this. Oh, a hundred percent. That's so cool. Um, that kind of reminds me of when I went to this, uh, this fun record label thing, uh, from side one dummy records, uh, who <laughs> used to be located, located a little bit closer to us or to me, I think, um, they had like this really fun kind of summer day and they had, uh, cool bands playing it. They had, uh, I think, uh, the main guy from cursive was there. Ooh, um, fun. Yeah. And uh, blow out another fucking great Philly uh, uh, lady-led punk band uh, who are back now, and I'm so happy about that. Oh, I don't know them. Oh, they're really great, and uh, I yeah, I highly recommend checking them out. They're so fucking great. They had a, a redo of their um, first album, which had like a lot of audio issues. Like she was mixed down so poorly, and so I could never recommend them because I because no one could hear her singing. Oh, and they just finally did a remaster of it, and she's like crystal clear. It's fucking amazing. That's so interesting. Like how that seems like the basic job of somebody mastering something like it's. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I have no that. idea. Yeah, I really have no idea how it all ha how the original problem with it happened. But I'm just so happy they finally redid it and that they're back. It's such a perfect like mix. Yes. Oh, amazing. Well, I want to yeah. check out Blowout. I've never heard of them before. Oh, they're so great. I love Blowout. Um, so at this at this show, there was also a dunk tank. And oh, yeah. And um, uh, there was also there was. Yeah. So there was a dunk tank. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to frame this. Uh, there is a, a songwriter who I believe uh, who has different pronouns than they used to have uh, when this show was going on. Oh, OK. And yeah. And the um, and there was a there was a little girl there who was uh, there for that person uh, before um, they transitioned into, into a, a man. I, uh, <laughs> I'm always, I'm so terrible at this stuff sometimes in terms of accuracy, just because I have to remember how they prefer it. Right, right. And it's not somebody you know personally. No, yeah, not a person I know personally. And uh, that person goes by AW now. Uh, used uh, to be Allison Weiss. Oh, Okay. That was the I artist who you're name. Talking about, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to dead name them or anything, but artist name was Allison Weiss. If that makes it okay on some level. Okay. 
but uh, yeah, back back then in that situation, uh, there was a little girl, um, and AW was in the dunk tank, and she got to dunk her like awesome punk idol. Oh, that's so cute. It was the best. I got a photo and it's one of my favorite things. It's just the most adorable thing. <laughs> oh my God. I would have loved that. Oh, I'm so happy it happened. I'm glad um, that like kids are being encouraged to like listen to music like that. Yeah, same, same. It's so important. Um, it seems like AAW goes by they now. Okay, good. I was, yeah, that's that's what I was wondering that sounds that sounds right to me. I should have looked it up too. Uh, I haven't I haven't listened uh, since post transition, but I do know that one of my plastic surgeons that I worked for did the uh, did the top surgery, which is fucking amazing. Oh wow, that's so neat that you work for somebody that does that. Yeah, I was so happy about that, um, and I saw it on AW's uh, Instagram. So I was like, oh, this is like public. This is good info, and I was like, we can we can like retweet this or whatever. We can re Instagram it or something. Yeah, it's so, so important to talk about. Yeah, I'm happy that I work for people who are doing good things for people who I respect musically. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So I yeah, guess nice surprise. they go by John Allison Weiss. So John Allison Weiss, and then they go by. AW. That's what I was trying to remember. The John was the first new name. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. So then yeah. John I remember and the... Allison are hyphenated. So it's John Allison. Nice. Oh. Yeah. It's... Yeah. That was such a fun fe- uh, event too. Yeah. That sounds really fun. I, I was trying to think about other side one dummy bands I liked and all I could think of was uh, Suicide Machines. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Su- side one dummy has been around for such a long time. They have so many bands come and go. Like yeah. they've had some really good bands on that label at various points. Yeah. Uh, they used to have an office in Glendale. I used to drive by it and see it. That, that may have been where I went. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. It's like uh, Atwater, Glendale area. I have a feeling that was it. Yeah. And then they moved like somewhat further away. And I was like, well, that's the last time I can go to their cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like one of, the, one, of the label, one of the label owners is a stand-up comic guy too who oh. didn't play my show, but almost played my show. Oh, man, so close. <laughs> so close. Maybe in the future. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Possibilities. Um, uh, let's see. So I think yeah, you're on uh, number four. Oh, I slid number four in there uh, very, very um, uh, subtly. Oh, so I, oh I was, which one was number four? Number four was the uh, the soundtrack. Oh, yes, the soundtrack sounds amazing. Heck yeah. Oh, it's so perfect. <laughs> And that plus like the actor, the actress is having writer writing and performance credits and stuff. Mm, Lots of stuff in there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So my, my fifth reason is uh, very similar to a lot of reasons that I have for a lot of the movies that I bring to this very similar to eighth grade, which is another, you know, 13 year old girl, like emotion sort of movie. I love how much you like um, movies about teenage girls. Yeah, it's so cool. I don't it's I'm I'm very pleasantly happy about that too. Like I'm I didn't I don't think I realized uh the that correlation even. I didn't even realize that there was a connection there until like I was watching the movie last night and I was like, "Oh, oh, there's a pattern here. Oh, this is great." You can appreciate the sensitivity. I think so. That feels right to me. You're a sensitive and creature also. That's true. People are given people are given emotions the uh the um sort of focus that they deserve yes. in those movies. Awesome. That's what I uh that's always what I want is like for people to be honest and grounded in their emotions and when there's you know um 
conflicts that they feel rooted in something real and not just like, well, we have to have a fight before we can fall in love or whatever. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And that's definitely my fifth reason that it's like treated super honestly. And it's, uh, it's very honest and real. Like eighth grade is, uh, eighth grade is the better movie. Like that's the one I'll talk about forever, but this Mm -hmm. one's still very good. Um, 60% of the scenes had some kind of improvisation in them, which made them feel a lot more honest. Oh, and there's also movie did. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, he's definitely that kind of director. Really? Huh. It seems like it would be hard to keep kids, like, saying and doing things that were on... On the page and all that? Yeah, or just, like... uh, Like, children are hard to keep focused. So, like, making sure that they were keeping the story going by improvising because sometimes kids just say bonkers off the wall shit and you're like why'd you say that just now yeah it's like that's no way there's no way that could fit with your character in any way right 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 right. exactly so i think that's impressive yeah they're they're such perfect choices for this movie and there's also like no superfluous superfluous manipulative music in it which makes it even more like quiet and focused and honest that's so nice yeah they're not just being like here's when you cry yeah, or like, here's the fun part. We're going to have fun now. <laughs> it's all just like quiet or Swedish punk, but it's mostly quiet. I'm excited to uh, hear some Swedish punk. I don't know any Swedish punk. Yeah, picture picture all the old like sort of 80s punk with people speaking in Swedish with subtitles and you're like, all right, there it is. <laughs> Perfect. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, they have like a, a song where it's just like Reagan, Brezhnev, fuck you or fuck off. And they just keep repeating it over and over again. Wow, perfect. I agree. <laughs> Brezhnev, Reagan, fuck off. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I oh love that uh, Reagan is so awful that he tainted Sweden too. That's right. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, well, are those your five reasons? Those are my five reasons. How are you feeling? I'm feeling so good. I'm so anxious to watch this movie. I want to watch it right now. (laughs) Well, I have some good news for you in the audience. It is free on YouTube. Oh, amazing. I just saw it. Pretty awesome, right? It's also on Prime. Ooh, nice. That's so cool. Wait, so it's like a good um, quality on YouTube? Yeah, it's great quality on YouTube. It's not like there's no renting or subscribing or anything. It's literally just click it and watch. Wow, that is great news. We can yeah, also I was tonight. so happy about that. Sweet. Great, yeah, no, totally convinced. I was already like pretty interested in it after you started talking to me about it. And, but just, oh, it just sounds so empowering and like life-giving and I don't, there aren't enough movies about female friendships and especially that age group. And then like- yeah. Ladies in punk. Oh, I love <laughs> oh it's so perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm in. I will watch it soon. Woo. And we'll get to Fantastic. another We Saw It. Awesome. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> Thank okay. you for making this movie. I feel like a lot of people have never heard of it. Like, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to, you know, get this on people's radar. I really hope it does. I really hope more people watch it. Because I don't think I'd seen any Swedish movies before this at all. Like probably one, two, if any. Yeah. And this is the perfect. This is like the perfect bridge. <laughs> the tagline for this movie is three girls versus the world." <laughs> Aww. 
it's awesome on all the levels. It's, it's so great. Yeah, I feel like I would not have a problem with it at all. Wait, did you ever see uh, Let the Right One In? I feel like yeah, absolutely, okay. both versions. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, so I was like that, that, and then like a lot of the um, uh, what Bergman films. Uh, oh right, yeah, I never saw any of those. Any of those good like art film school ones. Yeah, so I was gonna say like Ingmar Bergman is kind of like the most famous Swedish filmmaker. Oh yeah. So um, I. The, the, that actually reminds me, the director of this movie, I was looking at uh, quotes about uh, from him on IMDb, and he was like, everybody's saying that Bergman is like the, uh, the my father, like he's my father in terms of directing stuff, but uh. there are so many other things that are like bigger influences before I even get to directors, like The Cure is his first influence. Aww, <laughs> I love that. And like that. number seven is when he finally got to actual like directors, and I was like, that's great. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, no, because so much goes into the artistic process. Like, their hmm. film is so important, but it's also like, I do think that music and, you know, books and performance art and comedy, like, there's so much that goes into telling a story. I think directors who are too focused on directing don't always make a great film. Maybe technically it looks great. But if you're not interested in all aspects of art and like making that pop on screen, then I think that you're not going to make a film that's like enjoyable on every level. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I, I feel like everybody's so myopic when it comes to mediums and they really have no reason to be because everything is expressions. Yes, <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Um, oh, the other one I was going to ask you, the other one I thought of was the girl with the dragon tattoo, like that trilogy. Yeah. Oh, never saw them or read them or anything. Yeah, me neither. I knew they had like a sexual violence component to them. So I oh. avoided them. But I remembered them being wildly popular like 10 years ago and people like could not stop talking about them. So oh, right. As far as Swedish movies, those were the other ones I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, those are those are perfect. Those are great references. Yeah, especially I had like nothing. So nicely done. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I love Let the Right One In. That's one of so my good. movies. Um, I yeah. never saw the American version, but I thought that the Swedish one was like really beautiful and sad and scary and complicated. Yeah, I completely agree. The setting was so amazing in it. Mm -hmm. The vampire was so fucking great in it. Oh my god! Yeah, it had yeah, interesting the was gender fine. dynamic. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I just really don't love remaking things for American audiences. Like, if you're gonna be yeah. stop being so fucking lazy and seriously, yeah, I would say that out of out of all the remakes that I've seen, that one was like, I think that was probably closer to the top. You know, it wasn't like a bad, there was nothing bad about it that I remember. I was never like, oh, I'm upset that they did this or made that choice. It was more like, oh, this is good. But also like these parts were just plain old better in the other one because of like the setting they had and the, and the, sure. the, the TV and all that stuff. But there was one moment that I did prefer actually in the, in the remake. Oh yeah. Uh, and I think it was like a swimming pool scene where I was like, holy shit, this is just beautiful. Mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah the swimming pool scene is like is it the it's like the bully it's like the scene with the, the main character being bullied i think so it's been so long i just remember i think like blood in the swimming pool or something cool like that and i was like oh the way that they filmed this was fucking great mm, interesting yeah i like chloe grace 
Morez. Same. She's great. Um, but yeah, it just never, I was so mad about it that I just never <laughs> watched it. <laughs> That's definitely fair. A hundred percent. It was so dumb that they just were like, we need to do this in this consumable format instead. Yeah, exactly. Um, such a waste. Such a waste. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Same, same. Uh, what do you got in terms of recommendations? Oh, I watched, actually, it's funny that we're talking about remakes. I watched a sequel this weekend that I, going into it, I was like, I was really mad when I heard about it because I was like, this did not need a sequel. I thought it was going to be a money grab. And then it came out and everybody raved about it. And I remained skeptical. And then <laughs> I just showed up on HBO and I was like, mm, now I'm going to give this a chance. So this weekend I watched uh, Happy Death Day to You. Yeah, hell yeah. To Happy Death Day. I, lo I really loved Happy Death Day. We saw it in the theater opening weekend. And we were oh, nice. only adults for miles. <laughs> <laughs> very strange. I normally don't refer to myself as an adult because I don't feel like one. But then when you're with actual like 13-year-olds, you're like, oh, whew, feeling like an old lady here. Um, Weirdest, right? But I liked it more than any of those kids did. Like I was laughing way harder. <laughs> Yeah, those were both fantastic. Yeah, and I love the sequel. I wasn't expecting to like it, but it just made me, it's like, I, like the nerds are the heroes and the main characters. And like, I yeah. fucking love the girl who stars in those movies. She is so talented. The way that she is incredibly funny, but then also has like a great scream and is a very good like main horror actress. Oh, yeah. But her like slapstick qualities are so good. Jessica, Jessica Roth. I think okay. Is. She's not in that much. I think she should be like a horror icon by now. Um, but yeah, I loved Happy Death Day to You. It's on HBO now. If you have. Yeah, the way that they handled it was so great. So great. They made it into like a whole thing about the multiverse, which is. It's a very funny because <laughs> I've been watching multiverse movies like nonstop lately. And it's so funny that it turned out inadvertently that this one was also about the multiverse. Yeah, that's so funny. That's such a great call. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in a very multiverse phase of your life right now. I am. And I mean, I'm in the multiverse and that's why I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> Doesn't uh, make sense to me. Okay. Well, great. Terrifying. I may be living someone else's life. Uh, you know what? As long as you end up on top, you're okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely recommend both of those. Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. Yeah, very good very good take on the Groundhog Day format. Yeah. I was so happy with how they handled that because I'm already a sucker for that format. <laughs> yeah, I watching again, I was like, oh, this is always funny. Like, if it's handled well, if the acting yeah. is good, it's kind of a concept that doesn't get old for me. Yeah, and they did such a good play on it. I was so, they subverted it in so many fun ways. Oh. Yeah, I agree. And I liked how different it was from the first one. I thought it, I didn't think they could do it again. And the way that they changed yeah. it around was really interesting. Oh, agreed. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do I have for recommendation? My recommendation, like I was talking about earlier, oh, was. You get uh, music, right? Yeah, it's it was a little more general, but I can also specify a little bit too. Um, my recommendation is like listening to new punk at every level, <laughs> and by at every level, I mean uh, first of all, I say on every on some level or on every level, pretty much every time we do this podcast. So I know. if you're doing the drinking <laughs> game, get into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your catchphrase. 
I've yeah, I realized that after listening a couple times, uh, like recently, and I was like, holy shit, I say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I say it very often in my normal life either. It's weird. Interesting. <laughs> it's like a safety net word. It's gotta be. Yeah, those um, those are fascinating to me. I know. Mine is all that to say. I think I see all that to say constantly as like a way of wrapping really? up my points. Oh, I haven't noticed that. Oh, Interesting. That's good. I Every time I say it, I'm like this again. Why did you? <laughs> my brain is constantly criticizing my mouth. Like, why did you say that? Oh, no. Oh, I hate that feeling. I've definitely been there. <laughs> um, well, so tell me, like- tell me what bands I should be listening to. Okay, well, let's see. Um, First of all, to clarify at every level, I kind of want to say that um, I I want people to be listening to punk on the level of the mainstream to like Mm. see what the kids are really like being fed right now, because it's such an interesting sort of amalgam of Disney rock and like pop punk and Disney-ness. And then you go like down a level and you sort of see what's, uh, I mean, maybe a couple uh, things down a level where you kind of see what the mainstream of punk and pop punk is right now, um, which I, to me is definitely still that like state champs, uh, Wonder Years sound. Um, I think that it, it was probably close to like the earlier part of, of the last decade, but I think that hasn't changed too much. <laughs> Not that I've, hopefully it hasn't. It's probably just gone more into that Disney-fied kind of mainstream sound. But yeah, the mainstream stuff is very much like um, all the like knuckle puck and all those bands like that. And, um, then you go, uh, down a couple levels and you start seeing all the band camp stuff and all the like super independent, like, uh, weed emo and all this like, um, fifth, fourth wave emo stuff. And <laughs> fourth wave that's emo. Where it's so great. Oh my God. I don't even oh. know if we're in fifth wave yet. No one's made that choice, but all the all the um the weed emo is so exciting to me because no one blames very few people blame women anymore and they now understand that it is mental health Whoa. and they understand yeah like what? this is a very depressed generation and they're also very aware and self aware of it. That's interesting. Wait, it's are you so saying exciting. weed emo like drugs weed weed emo yeah. like marijuana? Yes. Yeah, like it's it's definitely less the official term and more the term making fun of itself, but okay. that's all emo and has always been. <laughs> oh, wow. You're making yeah, me it's feel like, so out of touch right now. <laughs> I, it's what I do. I'm so sorry. I do that to everybody when I talk about this stuff. Yeah, it's like party emo slash weed emo. It's this sort of thing where it's a lot of, um, some of it's very upbeat and it's just talking about all these coping mechanisms for that depression. Huh. That's and when it's less upbeat, it's usually booze. Uh, no, when it's less upbeat, it's usually the weed emo. And it's and when it's more upbeat, it's usually like booze sort of party emo. Huh. Uh, color me fascinated. It's a whole thing. And I love today's like uh, emo bands because it's all like non-binary queer youth. And they're all fucking awesome. Yeah. And they all have an understanding of depression and uh, need for representation. And they're the best. Wow, that I've been feeling really good about Gen Z, but I'm really happy to hear that. I'm so happy it's like less about like, fuck these women, I hate them. Yeah, you never see it anymore because they're so aware that that's problematic now. Oh, man, we were, the so, best. we were so close. 
I like, uh, sometimes it's like, oh, it's fun to be the generation that was like changing things. But that meant we mm -hmm. had to like really suffer so much bullshit to like help make things better. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so happy to see social progress all the time. And yeah. that we are always going in such a positive direction, even with any setbacks. Yes. Oh. Yes, there's so yeah. many other problems, but like at least socially, we're like learning how to treat each other um, better in a lot of ways than ever before. And the people who are yeah. still being marginalized or at least able to like have a platform to fucking talk about it to some extent. Yeah, and so many people realize that it's even needed as a platform. Yes, and yes. With the internet out around, you know, it's with so the helpful. Internet have, out. You know, have, have you heard about it? Because it's it pretty new and cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. For the listeners at home, I'm making a, a pretty cool hand symbol with my hand where uh, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's sort of like pushing, like raising the roof a little bit. Oh, yeah. Raising <laughs> the roof or doing like a shaka. Like yeah, it's sort of that kind of zed, like general feeling of, uh, of being like, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is the episode where we talk about being cool a lot and then just underscore how uncool we are. <laughs> yeah. We're like, and also I'm 35 anyway. <laughs> anyway, please never remind me. Um, yeah, I know. The fucking worst. Um, but yeah, so so that's my that's my my um recommendation. And and on on a more specific way that kind of ties into this episode. Uh, or, or things we've talked about, uh, you should all listen to Blush because it's a fucking great band uh, and it's my friend's band and she used to book for uh, Girls Rock. Oh, oh, cool. That does tie it together. Very well done. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Blush has a pretty new record out and you should check it out. You should listen to their older stuff too. All of it's really fucking great. Hell yeah. Um, that sounds awesome. Magic. I want to check oh, it out. Oh, I'm so glad. Yes, so worth it. Turning um, on so much today. <laughs> there's so much. I'm glad we talked about punk today. It's a good feeling. Me too. It is a good feeling, although it really made me be like, oh, yeah, I'm not in. I'm not. Uh, I, I listen to almost the same music. Like, I, I don't listen to a lot of new music. Like, I really? listen to my friends' bands. A lot of my friends are in bands. So, like, whenever they have new records out or, like, when I was touring, I would get into the bands that I saw. But I really listen to, I only listen to the same bands I've always listened to. And then when they have new music out, I listen to that. And every now and well, then I, I discover that, a new band. And then I listen to them nonstop <laughs> for like a year. I don't, I don't yeah. need that much to keep me going. I usually listen to like one or two new albums a year. And that's all I listen to for that year. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very much a polar opposite on that where I find something great and I'll listen to it for like, one or two days and occasionally it'll stay with me for a week but usually i'm on to the next thing the next thing trying everything out oh wow i never stop it's terrible <laughs> no i think that that's cool i i like never like anything the first time i hear it i'm like oh this again like oh yeah the best music takes a couple spins yeah it so... really does that's what i learned my favorite bands my favorite records i always was fine with at the beginning <laughs> yeah no exactly it's very rare that i'm like i fucking love this um but yeah oh, i think i'd yeah. that's mostly me with film as i'm like going through so many movies a day and like those i want to i i'm like always on top of like what a brand new movie is that's coming out but oh that's such a good call that makes so much sense we can't do can't do it all i had to let music go eventually 
yeah, we all we all kind of zero in on our own stuff in some ways. Like as a kid, all I was doing was watching th- so much television, and now I don't watch anything. But I'm just like music, 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 music. <laughs> hey, you stay up on music, and you can tell me, and I'll stay up on TV, and I'll tell you. That sounds perfect. We'll have to make big like lists for each other because, good lord, do I have too many recommendations? <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, every time we talk about music, I'm like, okay, let's try listening to music again. <laughs> Instead of like the same Rilo Kylie album over and over and over. I'm like, but what if we listen to more adventurous one more time? Yes. Uh, Oh my God. That's so funny. But like right now during sort of the whole pandemic thing, I've found that there's so much, uh, there's so much uh, value in comfort music too. Uh, Yeah. I've been listening to the white stripes and pavement and the pixies pretty much. That's it. Uh, <laughs> like those are nice. all on loop yeah so i'm like post-punk and garage rock has mostly been what i'm listening to oh that's great i've just been <laughs> listening to tons of weed emo and like uh and chiptune <laughs> i can't get over the term weed emo i also can't get over the fact that i said weed like drugs like fucking <laughs> narc Uh, it's okay they all hate it just as much as you do on some level like it's such a weird thing well, I promise I'm cool online, guys. You can follow me <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram at LTB Comedy, and I come across much cooler. <laughs> Ooh, that's right. Let's use that. That's our plugs. That's our plugs transition, and I'm on board for it. <laughs> um, uh, I have nothing to plug aside from the PAX Twitch channel. Uh, make sure to check that out. Maybe I'll have something to plug in the future somewhat soon. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. Uh, we'll see. It's hard uh, to know. Oh, I do actually have sort of a plug i have an announcement i have an announcement hit it uh so i just got a new part-time job Mm. working at one of the last remaining video rental stores in los angeles amazing hell yeah oh my god nicely done thank you i just had uh my first day was yesterday and I'm going to work again tomorrow. And it's at this really cool independent store in South Pasadena called Videotech. And hmm. they, I have been obsessed with them since I moved here. Like when I left, when my video store closed in DC and I moved here, I was like, I went there first. And I was like, I would like a job, please. I am a professional video store clerk. And I gave them like my <laughs> 10 years of you know, experience working at video stores. They never hired me. And I was so bummed. I like went back so many times and I met the owner a few months ago at a documentary called at the video store about video stores. (laughs) And I told him, I was like, God, I tried so hard to work at your store for years. I was like, if you ever need anybody, I still want to work there. And then he like reached out to me this week. Oh, that's so awesome. Congrats. Nicely done. Thank you. So they're opening things limited, like curbside service for like independent, like, uh, like bookstores and record stores and like, mm. stores that basically aren't like the mall. So <laughs> uh, that just happened. So we're, there's just like two of us at a time. We're being very like, you know, lots of hand sanitizer, masks, keeping a distance. Um, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, but it's been really cool. I had such a great first day where I was just like got right into it very quickly and like didn't really need any training. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's so perfect. And I'm glad that. everyone's handling it well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's handling it really well. I felt good about yeah. it. And 
yes, I'll be there twice a week. So I'll have even more access to movies than ever before. Oh, that's the best. I hope everyone themes their masks around things like movies. (laughs) God, that's another thing to think about. I didn't even consider that. (laughs) Wow. Options. Giving me a lot to think about. So yeah, come to the video tech in South Pasadena. Um, And uh, you can tweet at us the whole podcast at you need to... Oh, no. Sorry. My brain, you guys. I'm... (laughs) quarantine really set in for me this week where I was like, I can't handle it anymore. And I feel like my brain is not thinking clearly. That's uh, fair. Follow us on Twitter. At yeah, follow us on, Facebook. follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Yeah. Get in that Facebook group. Say hello. Talk to if us. you've seen. Yeah. I was just going to say that. If you've seen we're the best, tell us. Yes, do it. Absolutely. Uh, if you're Swedish and and you want us to and you want to demand an apology, let us know and we'll give it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like we did a pretty good job um, with it, but I would love to hear if I'm saying um, the title of our podcast in Sweden wrong, or if I have been saying uh, the director or any of the actors' names wrong. <laughs> We're doing our best. We're doing our goddamn best. And because we're doing our goddamn best, it would be really cool if you could give us some kind of five-star rating, leave us some kind of wonderful review, and please subscribe to You Need to See This on all the subscription platforms and such, Apple Podcast, Anchor FM, all that cool shit. If you leave us a five-star review, we'll read it on the air. Um, and also, I want to make sure that we both say thank you so much to audio engineer Pete Burns. Yay, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Yay. Thank you, Pete. Pete, have you seen this movie? <laughs> I have not seen this movie. Sorry. No, that's okay. Are you? Convinced? That's fair. That's what I expect. Do you want to see it now? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's your. That's most a fair response. response. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. a fair response. We are we are a couple of punks just talking about punk stuff. <laughs> Okay, I'm not a huge punk, even though I did listen to punk, like that was sort of my era. Like mm. it was very limited to like my life from like fourth grade through like eighth grade. Oh. Fourth grade. Wow, you're such a cool kid. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess. I guess. If you said that's the coolest response you could have said though. Oh my god, I am <laughs> feeling so cringy that I'm just so embarrassed you're on such a cool person in my uncoolest form today. <laughs> oh, I'll never have that easy apathy. Oh, it's so hard to pull off these days. It really it's is. hard not it's, it's hard to not care when we care too much. To be fair, I know Pete cares about many things, but That's very true. He can pull it off like he doesn't and I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So that's been our episode, everybody. And thank you all for listening to what is it in Swedish? Do Maste Sidit Har. You need to see this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>